Welcome to the OmniTalk Fast Five, sponsored by Takeoff and the AM Consumer and Retail Group. The OmniTalk Fast Five is the funniest, fastest, and most fervently insightful breakdown of all the week's top news in the world of retail, and also the podcast with the best alliteration. It's August 5th, 2021. I'm your host, Ann Mazinga. I'm joined today by someone who definitely does have a retail podcast, despite my claims on LinkedIn a few weeks ago. America's Director of Retail Research for JLL and the podcast host of one of my favorite podcasts, Where We Buy, James Cook. James, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you, Anne, for having me. This is awesome. <laughs> I feel like uh, we just talked, right? <laughs> we did. Yeah, I was just so James and I, we just exchanged um, podcast slots. Um, I was on James's live show on LinkedIn today, which was so fun. Um, and yeah, it's been it's been a day, James. We're just it's already August. We're in the last month of summer somehow. What happened? It I don't know. Didn't summer just start? <laughs> I don't know. I yeah, I, I think I've lost track of like the months in general these days. Um, what what do you what's still on the summer bucket list, James? You got anything you gotta try to get done in the next few weeks? You know, Anna, I had this real plan that as restrictions were loosening, I was going to go out to eat a lot more at a lot of different places. But now with this Delta variant news, I've become hesitant again. I yeah. haven't eaten out as much. Oh, I know. I don't know how I'm, you feel about that. I, I agree. I'm just like not ready for it. We're Omnitalk is taking a vacation next week, meaning um, I am taking a vacation for the first time in several months. And yeah, we're my me and me and the boys, uh, we're going out to Southern California. And at the time we booked this trip several months ago, it seemed like a great idea. And now I'm kind of wondering, like, what's it going to be like? We'll try to stick to some outdoor hikes and, and stay outside most of the time. But yeah, it's things things are changing again. And uh, and yeah, we're just going to have to do our best to try to roll with it, I guess. Hey, the other travel that you're going to be doing as well is the grocery shop. Grocery shop. Yes. 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 <laughs> grocery you shop conference too. in September. <laughs> yes, you are too. I'm super excited. James, what are you going to be talking about at grocery shop this year? The future of a physical in-store grocery experience. So like, as you know, that's kind of my little world is sort of the bricks and mortar, the future of kind of experiential retail. That's kind of my thing. Yes. So just talking about, you know, how grocers are sort of adapting for the future, especially now where um, we're coming out, hopefully out of the pandemic and already restaurant sales uh, have surpassed grocery sale sales again in the U.S. for a while. It was the other way around. And um, because of that, grocers are kind of thinking, hey, we got all of the, all of this market share growth. We don't want to lose all of it. <laughs> so how right. do we maintain it? And I think a big part of that is offering a cool in-store experience. Well, I am really excited to have you on the show today because we have a lot uh, to talk about related to in-store experiences as well. Um, today on the Fast Five, we're going to talk about Wolverine acquiring Sweaty Betty, Square acquiring Afterpay, Marks and Spencer's automating click and collect and returns, returns being the key thing there, uh, MC, a platform that allows influencers to be retailers, 
But we are going to take off with our very first headline, and that is that Kroger is launching ghost kitchens in some of its stores with a startup called Kitchen United. The first kitchen center under the Kroger partnership uh, with Kitchen United is slated to open in a Los Angeles location of Ralph's this fall with more sites planned for the rest of the year. The kitchens are going to feature a mix of up to six local, regional, and national restaurants, and customers will be able to order their food for pickup or delivery. Now, James, when Chris and I were on your show way back when, uh, where we buy, I remember you specifically talking about how, you know, as you're looking at, um, malls, especially like pre pandemic, there was this huge drive for like getting these, these food halls and food experiences into malls, into, you know, grocery stores. And so I was really excited when I saw this news this week and to know that you would be on the show. Cause I'm, I really want to get your thoughts on, you know, is this something that we're going to see coming back? It certainly seems like we've seen a lot of of um, movement toward it with, you know, GoPuff and some others announcing these like ghost kitchen concepts. What are your thoughts here, James? Yeah. I mean, well, first off kitchen United, it's a, you know, a series of ghost kitchens um, across the U S now there's a couple of different flavors to this kitchen. United is they're basically leasing out membership or leasing out space to third party. So I'm a restaurateur and I want to spin up a virtual brand or maybe I have a, a kitchen, but I can't support delivery from that kitchen at my restaurant, then I can get space there. Um, so the model is, you know, people are leasing from them. They're look, I mean, they're looking to expand quickly. Right. Kroger is looking to innovate. So they've got space. Let's take some of that the space and and allow Kitchen United to expand into here. My question is, it's interesting that we're starting with this because I was talking a little bit about in-store experience and Kitchen United is really about convenience and speed. So when I don't want that in restaurant experience, I do, you know, order something that gets delivered by Kitchen United. They do click and collect, but it's very vanilla. There's no experience there. So I don't know. Um, because if I were to put in a new food offering in a grocery store, I would have it fun be fun and experiential. And this, from the rendering that I saw, it seems, you know, it, it, it's, it's a click and collect kitchen area was, was what it seems like. So it could be awesome. Akina, you know, we got to see what it looks like in real life to see how it works. You know, I think for me, it's really going to be about what the future footprint of these grocery stores ends up looking like really, you know, and going back even further, like what is this next customer that's still evolving? I would argue we still don't know what the return to normal is going to be like. We haven't even, you know, had people fully go back to the offices and kids being back in school again. We don't know what this next two years really is going to look like as we kind of figure out what our groove is, if we ever get into a new groove. And so I think that there's one thing though, that's undeniable and that's convenience. So how are these grocery stores going to pay off convenience? Being able to offer this experience of I, whether I'm coming in the store or I'm ordering online, I can get all of my groceries that I want. And I, in this case, I could potentially order a different meal for every single person in my family from a different restaurant, all in one order whether I'm curbside picking up or I'm getting that delivered to my house. Let's move on to headline number two. Uh, I have to say, I've been really impressed by the innovation, speaking of innovative stores, coming out of Marks and Spencer's. They are rolling out digital click and collect and returns in 22 of their stores with plans to expand this again to more locations. So 
what happens is like, James, you've been, have you done in-store pickup, buy online, pickup in-store kind of situations? You're familiar with the concept. Yep. So what Marks and Spencer's is doing is that shoppers use in-store screens to check in when they get into the store to pick up their online order. And then staff are alerted to retrieve it. So um, staff doesn't have to be, you know, stuck at the order returns. They can be, you know, helping guests in the store, but they, you know, would get a notification orders here ready for pickup. And then customers can also do returns in the same manner. So instead of waiting in a long line, six feet apart from people, you can now um, just select the product on your phone or at the self-service screen, put your return into a tray and you're done. James, would you be willing to try something like this? I have to know. Anything to get me out of a physical line is awesome. And, you know, I'm happy to wait too. like, think about, um, you know, for example, um, Cheesecake Factory at the mall where, you know, they, you know, you check in at the desk and they give you the buzzer. You just go hang out in the mall. Everybody's happy to do that. You just go shop next door and wait till your table's ready. Um, I, I'm a big fan of that. Um, I haven't done any click and collect at Marks and Spencer. I live in the wrong country for that. Um, but it sounds like it would be really cool. And I'd love to check it out. You bring up such a good point. It's like, if you just tell me that I'm in a line, like if yeah. you just give me any indication, whether I'm at the DMV or I'm returning a product to Walmart, like I just want to know that I got a chance and that somebody is aware of that my order is coming out. And I think I'd even be willing to wait a little bit longer than I might if I'm just, you know, standing in line. If I have, like you said, like I've got a buzzer, or I've got my, my mobile devices telling me you're, you know, four in the queue or whatever it might be. You know, the best part of this is that technology is being used to enhance the shopping experience. Yes, it may be taking the spot of, you know, that person that's waiting at the counter, but this is a mundane cost or a mundane task. Like people shouldn't have to be standing there, not, you know, doing something and waiting for customers to show up. This gives people the freedom to be untethered. And I think it's, it's brilliant. This, this reminds me of, have you heard about the new Harry Potter store in in Manhattan? Yeah. Um, It's proved pretty popular. And so the way they control crowds is you go in the morning and there's a QR code on the door and you scan it with your phone and now you're in a virtual queue right? and you just hang out in Manhattan and you get a text. When you get the text, you have an hour, I think, to go to the, to go to the store. I think that's great. That's so much better than waiting some line for a store. James, maybe you can go in. Chris and I were talking about that when it came out. Maybe you want to go in on us with like one of the delis or the the um, shops or restaurants that are right around that Harry Potter <laughs> store because we feel like you need to either like get a food truck up there soon or do something because yeah. those people are going to be <laughs> trapped in that spot. Yeah, I, we'll have, I love it. We'll sell um, knockoff butter beer. Like, uh, like better, better butter beer, better, better beer or something. It's like, (laughs) it's almost as good. You don't have to wait. (laughs) We'll just, we'll be dressed up like Harry Potter characters, but that we did the makeup ourselves. We could go, we could go through a whole iteration of this, James. Um, Well, let's get to the next story. So Wolverine, the footwear company who, in addition to their own brand, uh, also own Merrill, Saucony, Sperry, Hush Puppies, and Keds. They acquired the UK-founded athleisure brand Sweaty Betty uh, to expand into the rapidly growing female apparel category. So this was a $410 million cash deal that closed on Monday. 
And the Sweaty Betty co-founder and CEO, Julia Strauss, will um, still be with the business and re will report to the Wolverine CEO. Um, Sweaty Betty, for those of you who are not familiar, started as a London-based D2C brand and currently has 65 stores throughout the world. Now, James, A&M Consumer and Retail Group, they like to pick a question at random and put us on the spot. So every week they put us in their shoes, serving up a consumer retail industry related question, similar to the questions that they tackle to help ensure the clients that they're working with end up on the right side of retail disruption. So their question for us is this. The acquisition of apparel brands by footwear companies has not always maintained a successful track record. What, James, do we think are the potential pitfalls that Wolverine needs to avoid to set Sweaty Betty up for profitable growth? This is a great question, and it speaks to probably what I would have said anyway. I haven't dug too deep into this deal, but all of the brands that Wolverine owns have something in common, their shoes. <laughs> so that seems <laughs> to be their expertise. I'm actually a fan of Sweaty Betty. Um I've been uh, to the the flagship in London, which is awesome. Just as an aside, they have F&B. They, they've got like a restaurant. They do workout classes. It's really cool. They had a bunch. They had probably like 12 stores in the US, but they closed them, I think, during COVID. So anyway, two things. One, um, not shoes. So now it's time to expand your expertise into apparel, which is related, but it is different. And number two, now is a time where athleisure has been super hot because of mm -hmm. COVID and we're just on the cusp of getting back into the workplace. And I'm a little worried. Not, I don't think Ashley athleisure is going to suddenly not be, um, not be hot anymore, but I think it's going to kind of transition away from that just because, um, you know, our next big apparel purchases should be, I think, return to work, return to school. Right. I, I completely agree. Yeah. That was kind of what came to my mind too, James. I mean, the first thing I could think of in response to that question was I would, I would also avoid rapid expansion of the brand. Like I, I would not be like trying to go and open sweaty buddies, you know, in a hundred locations across the U S um, I specifically don't think that I'd be reopening physical stores in the U S they, they have a presence inside several Nordstrom stores in the U S and Canada and so I think I would continue again. Like I, I think retailers still have this runway for the next couple of years to experiment where people are going to understand that, you know, we've been through a pandemic. You're just starting to get to understand consumer habits again. And so I think that I would see what that shift looks like, what the return to work wardrobe looks like and see, you know, what you can gather still from your Nordstrom uh, locations. And then I would say, you know, look at experimentation more online. What can you start to introduce limited editions of or drops specifically for the Sweaty Betty online customer so that you can test the waters for that crossover market? And, and again, see where the demand is online before you start, you know, blowing up with Wolverine apparel. Um, I think if they are going to do it, that's why I was suggesting, like, do you go for the, the drops and you're doing something that's more fashion over function, um, especially for the Sweaty Betty customer? I, I feel like that would be where I would be testing our next headline. Square 
acquired Australian buy now, pay later company Afterpay on Sunday for a cool $29 billion. Now, Square already offered installment loans, which it said has been a really powerful growth tool for their core business. Um, But it also plans to integrate Afterpay into both their seller and cash app ecosystems. So James, we touched on this on your show too. Um, We got into a great conversation about it, but Let's just talk briefly your thoughts on, on, you know, these, this buy now pay later environments. Like, have you started to see this kind of come into the fold um, inside retailers? Like, have you talked to about stores doing this? Um, What are your thoughts on kind of the future of where this is headed? Yeah, it seems to be growing in popularity and, you know, I'm sure you've talked about it on this show. They, the idea that it, allows you to buy something now without putting on your credit card, without paying all this interest. I got to tell you, and I'm still trying to figure out there's something here I'm not missing. Like there's got to be, cause it seems too good to be true. Like <laughs> you're getting, so as a consumer, I get to break it up into four payments. So I pay a quarter of it now and I get it right away. Um, I don't pay extra for that because the merchant is paying Afterpay, right? So me as a consumer, it's a great deal. Now, if I don't pay, then they're stuck collecting from me, but it's probably a small enough amount where you're not going to go to collections. So I don't know. It's like they're making all these mini loans. If there's another recession, maybe they get caught holding the bag with a bunch of mini loans. I don't know. I'm just trying to figure out, you know, because it seems great. Like I can't come up with the negative yet. And I'm like, well, there's always something here, you know, but no, I, I'm a fan. And I think, and, and I think that just like, you know, in the starting in the forever, you know, department stores all had layaway departments, um, get rid of those, just, just have a, you know, buy, buy now and installments and take it away today. It doesn't take away from the fact that people still need to be responsible with their money. I think the thing that that I find, you know, compelling about this is that, you know, you do have to have the money or have a plan for the money to be coming there. It's not like credit card debt where you you can just, you know, rack up as much of it as you want. And then you're stuck and you've got, uh, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars of credit card debt a few weeks later, or months or years later. And I do think that, you know, as I mentioned this on the show this morning, but I think that what I want to really pay close attention to is what this starts to look like as like as it spreads into physical retail what happens when you know it's in the grocery stores and and really what does that unlock for for the the family that is spreading payments out across a, an entire month you mentioned you know getting rid of payday loans and things like that like the 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 fact that this is enabling people to even purchase things like you know the weekly groceries or or you know essentials on a form Four month or four payment plan um, offering is is really significant, and you know for our audience, we've we've heard this time and time again. Just within the last few months, Big Commerce just named Sezzle as their exclusive partner. Shopify and Affirm have partnered. We talked about Apple Pay later last week. I think it's just going to keep going. Um, the Klarna CEO called this a land grab, and I think this is a perfect description. So I think you know it even in the cor- over the course of the next few months, we're just going to see this popping up all over. And I think everybody in the BNPL space is just trying to get that exclusive uh, partnership and really figure out how they can differentiate themselves. 
how were they going to be able to make this more appealing for um, for the the merchants and for the consumers? Can they bring that rate down, that five or six percent per transaction that they're charging merchants? Can they bring that down to you know a more credit card transaction like level um, and and just see kind of how they can compete? We are going on to our final story, James. We're talking about influencers becoming retailers. So MC which is E-M-C-E, is a platform that allows influencers to curate online storefronts and, get this, earn up to 25% commission from brands launched nationwide this week. Now, this free platform lets influencers monetize their audience by curating an online storefront with products from all the brands that they love. They post a link on their social profiles, and when their followers buy the product, the influencer gets a uh, commission and that commission amount is determined by the brand. So basically, James, I, what this, what I can break this down for the audience, what this is, is like your favorite influencer creates a wedding registry, but just for themselves. So yeah. it's like Zola, but across all these brands. Um, it's not the first platform that we've seen do this. You know, Amazon's done this with influencers, but this is simple. And again, it's great for the brand and great for the influencer, especially 25% of a sale. That blew me away, James. What do you think? It allows you as the, and I prefer the term creator to Sorry, influencer. James. And, and here's why, because if you ask me, do you, James, do you follow influ- influencers? I'm like, no, 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 no. But there's like all these people that I follow on YouTube and I'm like, oh, they're creators though, because it's about specific topics, you know? Right. Um, right. So um, it, this MC platform allows you to not only sell things from third parties, but you can sell your own stuff, right. you know? So let's say I create my own t-shirt for my YouTube channel. That can be a part of it creators, a lot of times they're stuck making money with like affiliate mm-hmm. marketing and stuff like that. And this is a great way to take control of that. The the traditional affiliate programs, just so people understand, that's like five to 10%, 10% if you're lucky, but it's not like this where there's high visibility on the ROI of working with that influence. Sorry, creator, James, I'm learning <laughs> my you. new vocabulary <laughs> creator. Um, for and and then for the creators to actually make some money off of this. I mean, if they're going to be putting in the work there, it's I think, you know, earning up to 25% is great. I mean, and and I think as we look at how marketing is changing too, like brands are moving away from doing TV spots that cost, you know, half a million dollars. And if you're putting that that budget towards, you know, 15 to 30 micro influencers that are in your brand where people can buy right from there. And you have a guaranteed, like not, you know, I, so many eyes saw your commercial. You have, this is what this influencer put on their profile. This is the content that sold the, sold the product. And this is how much revenue they're bringing in for the brand. I mean, it allows you again, this real time response um, to marketing, to advertising and to getting your products out there. So when is the OmniTalk uh, MC shop going to open up? <laughs> um, I did try applying, just in case you were wondering, for this MC uh, platform. And the age range they supply starts at like 8 to 10 and only goes up to 26. And then they oh. just have a plus mark. So, James, I don't <laughs> think that they want us. We are not in there. You know, just just as an aside, you know who has all the money? It's us old people, right? Like, influence me. I have yeah. the money. <laughs> yes. Oh, exactly. That's what I wrote. They were like, why do you want to be an influencer? I was like, 
to uh, influence women and moms in their forties. Like that's what, that's who I'm interested in, in targeting. Yeah. That's who, that's who has the money and who's paying for the Roblox accounts that are buying all the um, packs on gear. Um, okay, James, that closes us up on the headlines, but it's time. Do you have some rapid fire questions in you? I can do it. I'm okay. I'm ready. I told okay. you I'm a, it's been a long day, but I'm going to muster yeah. every last bit of energy I we, have for this. We can do this. <laughs> I'll help you out. All right. First question, James, which company in this week's Fast Five would you most want to work with? Okay. I'm going to go with Marks and Spencer. Two reasons. Uh, one is um, I love traveling and COVID has killed travel for me. I want to get to the UK. That would be yep. a good excuse to do that. Two when I have been to Marks and Spencer in the past, I love the food offer. They have these mm. awesome food halls uh, in many of their stores. I want to just go and eat there. And maybe, I don't know, I could be a food influencer for Marks and Spencer. Perfect. Perfect. A food creator. A food <laughs> creator. creator. That too. Yeah, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Next question. Bed Bath & Beyond announced they'll be exclusively selling reality star Chris Jenner's line of safely cleaning products. What, James Cook, is your guilty pleasure reality show? I watch a lot of true crime. So okay. uh, Dateline, uh, 2020, every true crime podcast, every sleazy Netflix, uh, you know, docu-series <laughs> about a serial killer. <laughs> I've oh my watched gosh. it. That's um, your thing. I love it. Um well, then this follow-up question is going to be even more interesting than I was anticipating, but <laughs> is there anything on that reality show that the actors on the show could credibly sell? Oh my gosh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Next question. Corona released a vending machine this week that will only dispense beers if you ask for them using the correct Spanish accent, which we imagine only gets better the more beverages it dispenses. Which would you be better at, James, ordering in perfect Spanish or doing a chicken dance for a free beer? So I was actually an exchange student in Spain when I was in high school. Oh. The problem is, problem is Corona's Mexican, so it probably wouldn't like my Spanish accent um, <laughs> because... Uh, it would be a, a, yeah, it would be a Castilian, a Spanish accent. Oh. So it probably wouldn't give it to me. So I guess I'd have to do that chicken dance. Actually, as an aside, I like um, Pacifico. Uh, as if we're talking about Mexican beers, I'm always going to go for Pacifico over Corona anyway. <laughs> I know what I'm buying you at grocery shop. You and I, my friend, we are Pacifico <laughs> Pacifico pals. Um, yes. So you're going with the chicken dance. Yeah. We, I interviewed um, one of the, the vice presidents of e-commerce at Lowe's foods this week. And that's where he was the inspiration for this. Apparently at Lowe's foods locations, every time they bring out hot, fresh chicken, they, the whole store employee staff does a chicken dance. So okay. you might have a future there. Um, if you, if you're chicken dancing for free beers. Okay. Next question. Express launched the express style editors program where it will turn creators into salespeople, giving them commission for e-commerce sales that they drive for the retailer. If you were to be a creator for any product, James, which product would it be? I would want to do it for a place. Like oh. I was thinking like a food hall. <laughs> You're going to notice a theme here with me. <laughs> and, have you had lunch yet, James? Uh, I, I feel have, like we need <laughs> I just love, I'll tell you, uh, speaking of being a creator, we do videos on retail topics and we did a video once called the Chicago Food Hall Challenge, 
where we we had to go to three food like four food halls in two hours and eat something at each one most popular video we ever did like oh, 10, yeah. 10 times the amount of views people loved it we had so much fun um i would love yeah i could you could do because you think about a food hall there's so many different vendors in there doing oh i would love it last question chain storage released their top retail experiences of 2021 this week and named easton town center in columbus number one on that list what retail experience or place james would be your pick so it has as yet to happen yet Ooh, but tease. when we're in las vegas do you know about area 15 oh yes i've heard amazing things i, yeah. I cannot wait to go are you gonna go Oh my gosh. I've been, oh, you have no idea. And I've been uh, trading emails with their marketing manager. (laughs) I'm going to set up, we're going to do like a site tour. We did back when they were under construction, we did record a podcast there and talk with them and toward the site. And I've been following it super closely. We've had um, uh, uh, Meow Wolf uh, on our podcast a couple of times. We've had Winston Fisher, who owns Fisher Brothers, who developed it like this is the the project I've been most excited about in like the past decade because it's just like the experience mall. Um, yeah. So I know it's going to be the best. It's going to be my retail experience of the year and it hasn't even happened yet. Well, I cannot wait to hear your recap of that experience, James. Um, James, we loved having you on the show today. If people want to follow you, they want to listen to the podcast, they want to watch the live events on LinkedIn, where can they do that? Our podcast is called Where We Buy. Uh, you can find it on the web at wherewebuy.show. And then we go live every week on a show very similar to this one that you're watching right now <laughs> called Everything We Know About Retail. And uh, you can go to everythingweknow.show and it'll take you to us on YouTube. Thanks again, James. That wraps us up this week. Uh, I will be on vacation next week with the rest of the Talk team taking a much needed break, but we'll be back the following week with more retail news. So make sure you come join us again. Uh, Happy birthday today to two women whose TV career paths could not be more different. Marsha Brady, Maureen McCormick, and the infamous Whitesnake. Here I go again on my own music video model and actress, Tani Katan. Do yourself a favor after this show and pull that jam up on Spotify. You will thank me later. And remember, if you can only read or listen to one retail blog in the business, make it OmniTalk. Our Fast Five podcast is the quickest, fastest rundown of all the week's top news. And our twice-weekly newsletter tells you the top five things you need to know each day and also features special content exclusive to us and just for you. And all within the preview pane of your inbox. You can sign up today at OmniTalk.blog. Thanks as always for listening in and please remember to like and leave us a review wherever you happen to listen to your podcast or on YouTube. And of course, be careful out there. The OmniTalk Fast Five is brought to you with the help and support of the AM Consumer and Retail Group. The AM Consumer and Retail Group is a management consulting firm that tackles the most complex challenges and advances its clients, people, and communities toward their maximum potential. CRG brings the expertise, tools, and operator-like pragmatism to help retailers and consumer products companies be on the right side of disruption. And Takeoff. Takeoff is transforming grocery by empowering grocers to thrive online. The key is micro-fulfillment, small robotic fulfillment centers that can be leveraged at a hyper-local scale. Takeoff also offers a robust software suite 
so grocers can seamlessly integrate the robotic solution into their existing businesses. To learn more, visit takeoff.com.